Hello everyone and yes we are back, we are still going on with interviews with tournament winners, we are rebranded under a new name, we are going to call this series Peak Performance and our first Peak Performer is none other than Dalton. How are you doing man? Pretty good, had a nice week obviously after this and yeah, I, I slept very well after the tournament, <laughs> I can say that much. <laughs> I bet you did, I mean... I'm calling you a player that's more like the the king is dead, long live the king, because you are you are participating in tournaments here and there, but whenever you are participating, you are just winning the whole thing. Yeah, I mean, I appreciate it, but yeah. I mean, I don't play a lot, that's true. I'm, yeah, it's mostly like time-restricted. Like, I've played my fair share of grassroots tournaments in, in beta and like the early seasons. But yeah, it's just like lacking time, and whenever there's like a sick tournament, of course, I'm interested though. Uh, so, Amazon University University Esports Master for Runeterra this time. Can can you tell us a bit more about the format or what were you supposed to play in? Yes. So the format was a double elimination bracket, basically, which was played over two days. And for the format, we basically had riot format, uh, except for the fact we can only use a region twice in two lineups. So you could only bring two Noxus decks or two PNZ decks and so on. And we had to select four decks instead of three because the grand final is played as a best of five. And because they don't want to do a bracket reset because of that, they're just giving the guy who wins the winner bracket a free win. So he starts 1-0 in the series and basically just has to win twice instead of three times. <laughs> so yeah, that was the format, double animation, best of five finals. Otherwise, it's best of three and uh, right lock except for the two region rule. Did that impose you any problems, like just having to bring two Noxus decks, for example, or there was no biggie? Um, I realized how much deck building relies on either Noxus or Shurima if you want to target uh, Overwhelm or Azeralia. Because uh, I felt like people are still going to be on like either targeting Overwhelm, like alongside that maybe, because it's like good into TLC and Nasus, right? Which should not be brought together uh, due to the same weaknesses and it's hard to ban them out. So it was really hard to, to, to only to bring aggro decks and uh, like follow the rule, which is why I ended up bringing uh, the Lobster lineup from Seasonals, which was Pirates, uh, Nox, Rima, and Azeralia. And I would have loved to bring Nasus as the last deck, right? Because it's like pretty good into Azeralia as well. It's not so good into Overwhelm, which is fine. Um, but I ended up not being able to because I already had my two Shurima decks. Which is why I had to bring Nightfall, and uh, which is not doing great into Overwhelm, uh, as unless you can rush them down or like in into Freeze, Ashnox, stuff like that in general, which we saw a lot from. Like there was a lot of Freeze lineups, which ran Foundry, Ashnox, uh, Overwhelm, all that stuff. So yeah, I'm just glad I didn't have to play Nightfall because it plays more mid rangey right? So it loses that matchup, like, or it doesn't doesn't win it consistently, which does hurt the lineup. Alright, speaking of the decks, let's see the list and let's see what you actually brought. And the first deck is Pirate Agro. You said you took the Lobster lineup, but I want to understand why did you take it? Was it more <coughs> time concerning or did you like the idea behind the lineup? Oh, I love the idea behind the lineup. I did put a lot of time into like prepping for this with Tilted. Uh, we went through a lot of different lineups, a lot of different paint images we drew. With, uh, with matchup tables and stuff like that. And in the end, like, you can never be good into every lineup, right? So what we just were like, okay, uh, if people want to target TLC with like Overwhelm, then like maybe Thralls or whatever they want to bring as well, Azeralia, all that stuff. 
uh, we saw kind of a trend where it's like Overwhelm and Azralia are like the, the decks that should be most, uh, most played if people just want to target it. Um, if they are watching the, the seasonals, I think on EU we also had like Dragons, Nasus, etc. win. Uh, on the different servers, it was like Aggro was doing all right, but it never won really, right? So uh, I figured, okay, uh, I don't expect that much Aggro, uh, which is why I was first considering an Overwhelm Deep lineup. Like just a TLC counter lineup, which does a right into uh, into Nasus as well, and I also considered Thralls, which with like Icefell Archer stuff like that, that you're tagged for the overall matchup. But in the end, I felt like it's most congruent if you just bring an aggro lineup with, because like people should not be that hard on Nasus because like it gets soft targeted by the anti TLC lineups for the most part, which uh, which has been the case. Like there was an insane amount of freezes, like I said, so Nasus was not a good bring. I think only one player brought it. Which was Manitas, I think. Um, so yeah, I think that was pretty lucky for me because Nasus was an auto ban for this lineup, as we can imagine. And regarding the the lineup and the discs, I felt like Lobster did a really good job not bringing spiders and Discord, which are like, are like the more explosive aggro decks, and they're winning against other aggro decks, right? So I liked it because he realized he needs to auto ban Nasus kinda, and with both of the decks, or actually all three of the decks, he does have a shot into TLC, which is nice. Like, Azralia crushes it, right? Uh, Pirates and Noxorima actually are kind of even, from my experience. So Even though the curve is pretty low on these lists, as we can see, running Battlecasters and, like, 15 one-drops uh, or 14. So the, I like the idea behind the lineup. I did put thought into it, but Lobster is just a big brain. So, yeah, that's why I yanked it. Right, since you, you kind of smashed this lineup, you're still prepared for it, but did you consider changing these lists? I'm going to ask you when it's going to come to the next lists, the other ones. Did you consider changing the Pirate Agro list, or would you change it somehow? Uh, I wouldn't now. I was considering it at the beginning, but then Tilton and me were on kind of like a trip where we were practicing deep, and we kind of went back to Agro the evening before the tourney and didn't want to put much, put much thought into it anymore. So Tilton was just like, let's just take Lobster's list. He knows what he's doing. Uh, so we just took this. I think um, in hindsight, I still like the list. Maybe like even a second Battlecaster, even though it's like really awkward to play because you can't play him on two, right? It's just like a nice finisher. Uh, I love the double brother spawn though. Like even if it hurts the consistency of Zap for the fervors. Mm, I don't think the list needs more top end. Like I think you have to go all in against like Overwhelm and stuff like that as well. It won't matter if you drop like a Farron on eight or uh, a Jack on five. Like, this will not, like, they're the Rune Runner and you might be first to block as well. You can't, like, deal direct damage like we have in this list with, like, all the early curve. So I think I like the list as it is. I wouldn't change much. And uh, except for the fact that now you'd run Make It Rain in the deck, obviously, right? Because it's, like, a really good card for two mana. <laughs> uh, it fits Pirate Aggro as well. And uh, I think now I'd just put Make It Rain in. But for the, for the tournament, I think this was the optimal list. You said you would put more in arena battlecasters. Why? What would be the use for this card? Because it's not common, right, to see battlecasters in pirate aggro. Yeah, it's it's actually crazy because, like, I think um, for the lineups I wanted to target, you often wanted to hurt their board on turn five, uh, four or five, like so heavily that they can't use it to to basically get in later. Like, especially against overwhelm and as well, yeah, if, if you force them to trade their students away. Their duos, like on Overwhelm, like the Ruthless Raiders, which get consistent value, like overall by blocking stuff with Troll Chant and so, and so on. I think you're really good, like 
considering so many mid-range decks, it's very important to trade on the board before they like get ahead on board. And if you can do that, which Battlecaster does a great job in, right? Because he presents so much face damage, basically, if it stays uh, unanswered and unblocked. Uh, it's really, it, it delays their clock by like two turns or something to basically get back on the board and not value there. Uh, where basically you can fall back onto the burn plan, uh, the form of decimate first, etc. So this just, I think the Battlecaster is amazing at keeping you like just one or two more turns like on the board uh, to maybe push like one or two more, you know, sneak in one or two more units to, to push some more relevant face damage. Right, and now this is more of a personal curiosity because I'm the fan of the card, but now since Double Up has been quote-unquote buffed, would you play it in the list or would you experiment with it? Ah, uh, damn, yeah, like, I uh, played a few games of, like, Pirate Aggro now on this patch just to see, like, how it does into Lurk. Um, and I'm running a one-off Double Up right now, uh, which, which does feel nasty. Like, it can, like, a fast speed Decimate, which is very conditional, as we know. I think the card is... I don't know if it's yet there, but I really like the card. Like, I also played it in my ST Ezreal TF, uh, just for testing, because, like, Monster Harpoon is amazing in Ezreal TF right now. With the whole plunder mechanic, like, Monster Harpoon gives you, is one of the few cards you have to deal with uh, big units next to Thermo, uh, which generally is kind of risky, like, tabbing you out entirely. So uh, I'm, testing, I'm testing Monster Harpoon and Double Up, like, now after the patch. And Double Up, I'm not sure if I want to keep it. Uh, it needs some more testing, but it's definitely interesting. And I... I can I can definitely see a, a reason to include it. Well, it's really. I, I think yeah. I think yeah, yeah. I don't think you you rely on like Farron as a top end. So that's why I'm running double up right now as well. Like Farron just doesn't do enough. So that's why I'm in Pirates. I'm at like uh, one double up right now. And yeah, I'll see how it performs. I think you can also for doing that because Shuri not Shurima but Stargon is kind of out and there there were the most buff-centric cards, cards like Sunblast Vigor, cards like Guiding Touch, Pelkaskin, <clears throat> that would deny you the value of Double Up. But now that they are gone, you kind of can set up Double Up easier. Maybe a deny or a retreat can be issues. Yeah, the thing is, like, Twin Disciplines is, like, a surprise buff to me. The card is nasty right now. Like, the... I've seen it, like, included in all kinds of decks, like Azralia, uh Karma Piles, like... Uh... What, like, I think uh, Twin Disciplines is like a card to, to watch out for, right? But except for that, you're right, like Targon had the best buffs in the form of like you said, pay all the heals as well that can heal it up. So right now, I think it's like mostly uh, Twin Disciplines and like uh, Damasia decks with short side, right? So double up, it does, does hit a few nice spots for sure. And this is kind of a revert back to the Rising Tides season. And in that season, we already had Sharp... Did you have Sharp Sight? I think we already did. Or at least we had uh, Twin Disciplines. And if you could manage to push through that with Double Up, you can now. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Yeah. No, I think, yeah, I, I really love the, the throwback to Rising Tides now. Also with the Merchant buffs, I'm playing around with a few crazy decks as well. Like my... I'll go a bit like out of the tournament uh, talk you wanted to have here, just because the deck is so so cute. Uh, right now, I'm playing Powder Pandemonium with a new Demacia four drop that gives plus one plus one to all units that challenge. Right, uh, that Silverwing Lieutenant or whatever it's called. And yeah, no, I, I love the Bilgewater uh, Bilgewater cards being back. Like Make It Rain change. Like it, it hits different if you drop your deck hand into Make It Rain on turn turn two or three. Uh, like setting it up, that like that hits different. Just dealing six damage in one turn. Definitely. Yeah. You can happily go face now. Uh, yeah, 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 for sure. But yeah, for this tournament, I think aggro was still the best option. Uh, and yeah, I think it paid off. Like Tilted brought the same lineup except for the fourth deck, which didn't matter. And he got fifth, I think, because he 
he lost to the double ice shard overwhelm, which is like still a threat, right? And that you have to to respect for sure. Moving forward, the next deck is yet another burn deck, Shurima Burn with one of Darius. When you <coughs> saw this deck, would you have considered maybe a to put some Azirs in, maybe remove Darius, or what were your thoughts when you saw what Lobster came up with? Um, so this makes sense in the in the lineup since we also brought Azuralia, right? Which says we can't bring Azir anymore. So um, it was generally just like you you couldn't include him. So having a one of Darius was just there for top end. Uh, I did feel like the, considering you run Rune Runner as well, uh, I think I'd rather have the one drops for the early game to to push the relevant damage. We see the double battle casters uh, pulling it, like getting a lot of profit out of like the fearsome units like Pet Bakai Reaper. Uh, the units themselves. So I think one Darius is perfect. You could consider two, but I think I didn't. I wasn't in a spot where I was like, I hope I top deck Darius now as my as my bomb. It was mostly like, give me my decimate, and I'm fine here. <laughs> so I think the list is yeah. I mean, yeah. I I, I don't know. Lobster did a good job on this one. I think it was my most spent deck actually, even more than Australia, um, which I think is reasonable because the deck is performing in the in the um, Azeralia matchup, obviously pretty damn well because of Bakai Reaper. It does pretty good into Overwhelm as well. Like, even though the Reaper can't attack, I think uh, the fact that you have Runa's Path uh, and, like, still you have your brother spawned, you have your uh, Merciless Hunter, which is really good as well, uh, allowing you to to drag the Fearsome Blockers away or, like, the high health units, which basically um, could block your Rune Runner, etc. Uh, yeah, I, I like the list. I like the deck. It's it's pretty good, for sure. Uh, also, just, like, in, in hindsight, I'm like... Maybe I don't want to waste both of the good regions on it, because like Shurima and Noxus make the best aggro decks out there. Uh, I don't think the SI piles, like the Doom Beast and like the Prankster lists, like quite cut it. So maybe I would have liked splitting it so I could bring Nasus as well, and might have considered Discard eventually. But Discard would have been weaker to like the, the TLC and other decks. So yeah, I think I'm, I'm quite happy with it. I'm still clinging on this one of Darius, and was there ever a moment where throwing Darius, Darius made you win the game, or at least put you in a better spot, or how often did you draw actually Darius, because it's just one of... Yeah, I think I drew him once in the whole tourney, and uh, there I already killed him before we reached the turn, so... He did not quite have his showing in, in, in this tournament, so... I can't quite judge how, how good it is to go up in, in Darius, or uh, how to build it, like... Like yeah, I don't know. I I can't I can't judge it because I didn't have him where it mattered. Well, he did the job of a good leader. He trained his soldiers so they can finish the job before he's even on the battlefield. For sure, just in the back line of the deck, he's just rooting for them. I think he did that well. Yeah, <laughs> Darius as a mascot. That is something I did not <laughs> imagine. <laughs> yeah. Uh, the the next deck. Oh oh. I I mean personally, I don't want to talk about this. Right? It's like. I, no, nobody wants to talk about this unless uh, you are an Azir already. I, I, I love know. this deck. I don't know. Like this, yeah. I Fair. think. I mean, I, I, I hate to play against it. Uh, I'm glad they they gave it a good slap on the wrist again in this patch. Uh, but yeah, the concept. I don't know. It's it's way too overtuned. I don't see how you like you balance it where people like uh, say, okay, yeah, this feels fair to play against. Um, but yeah, I feel like uh, uh, the deck is just pretty. I don't know, I had some I, I had some cool games because you can do a lot of cool stuff with like the retreat and uh, just Shapestone in general is such an insane combat trick that you can basically bluff it at all times and it would basically ruin your opponent just like Troll Chant would an Overwhelm. So 
Uh, yeah, I did have some crazy games, especially in the grand finals. I think I lost twice on this deck, like once into Zoe Vi and once into the Mirror, due to some unfortunate events. And then I was basically 0-2 uh, into the wall, like my opponent had to win once on Overwhelm into Pirates and this deck. And usually you should queue the, the worst deck first, right, to, for basically saving some time and maybe some confidence to, um, to go into the la last round after you winning your bad matchup. Uh, but yeah, I immediately had to queue it because I could not imagine like me going 0-3 on the stack. And yeah, that was a crazy, crazy game. Like how much damage you can push in so many different ways uh, is insane. Like in that game, I could decide if I want to go for the duo win con, if I want to go for the Aurelia swap win con, or uh, if I basically just want to win through like dozens of blades going white. Like I think you can very well adapt with this deck into different combat rings or spells you have to adapt to. For example, my opponent, I had a read on him having an Ice Shard, because he kept around since Mulligan. It was like turn 6, so it's either like an Ancient Yeti or an Ice Shard, right? Like nothing else like Overwhelm would keep. So I had a read there to not go for the Duo Win Con, uh, to not develop my Ribbon Dancers first. I just went with Aurelia, kept my Droplet alive to have a swap target to, to double swap later. And I won this with like only 3 units on board, because he couldn't block the Elusive, and he didn't want to Ice Shard preemptively, so I could go for this Win Con. Uh, so yeah, I just feel like this deck can can play really flexible, even though it's it feels kind of inconsistent in the way that it doesn't have reliable draw and stuff, right? So yeah. Um, now I'm coming from interviewing a seasonal champion winner on Southeast Asia, and he was playing kind of exact the same list. The only difference was that they were playing one less blossoming blade and one mm -hmm. of Voice of the Reason. How do you, do you feel about Voice of the Reason in the previous patch? Um. I feel like if I if I draw my champions, I'm happy already. So having another break, I didn't like. Like I think Voice of the Risen. I mean, it can be really nice, right? It can basically imitate the uh, the inspiring Marshall. Marshall. Yeah, the inspiring Marshall we had before. But I think the only matchup where it really matters is like the Nasus matchup and the TLC matchup, which might be enough to include it. But I felt like. Uh, most games I lost was because I didn't draw my champions, so running another ca card that basically profits off the champions did not, like, I did not like including it. And I talked a lot to Teddy, because this is, like, exactly Teddy's list, right? Like, Lobster brought it as well. I think Teddy is the one who immediately came up with it after the Inspiring Martial nerf. So after talking a bit to him and basically getting some more insight into how to play the deck, like, he played that deck for, like, 2,500 LP in total. Uh, not even considering his climb from plat to master, like both of his account and the Smurf account are like together over 2.5k, right? Then he had to win all the way from plat, so he had his fair share of games on the deck. And yeah, just talking a bit to him, having him backseat me a few games, uh, showed me that you don't quite need the martial and the buff aspect of the deck, anyways. So, uh, if you have Azir, uh, you're basically it's all you need, uh, in, in those matchups where it mattered. So yeah, I think it's if if you know how to how to play it with with the resources you have here, you don't need the uh, the explosive later turns with the attack buffs. You've been emphasizing on this importance of drawing your champions. So do you think that's why we are actually running a right of calling in there just to bail us out of crazy situations or bad situations for us? Yeah, I think like what else like if you include another retreat like you're a bit, a bit heavy on like those recalls you don't have like those targets i think now like you cut it probably entirely because you don't run droplet anymore but yeah before the patch it was just like uh, an amazing one-off right because like you have basically uh you don't mind going for the mana sacrifice to draw your champions because your curve is so low on the stack so just for consistency i feel like this was a great inclusion which uh 
I think Broken Ball considered when immediately like the last expansion dropped before Azero Azeralia was a thing. He put that in like three times. I was like, dude, you're crazy. You don't play three right of callings. Like, you want to draw your champions, and what do you do then? Like, you don't have any draw. But yeah, it, Teddy ended up on one, which I think is very reasonable. And yeah, it felt pretty good in those spots where you're basically hoping for a top decks, not seeing your champion, and then you have like another chance of drawing it basically. You mentioned adding probably another retreat, but that would make it too bricky. So, speaking of bricks, you can tell us about your two losses. This is, I don't know, to add a little bit of salt in the wound and satisfy my pleasure of hearing about how Aizian mm. already lost. Yeah, I mean, the first game against Zoe Vi, my opponent managed to flip his Zoe because I drew Homecoming, Retreat, and Nopify back to back. And uh, didn't have a single champ that game, not a landmark. So, yeah, that was just an unfortunate game. Uh, I think, like, you need your champs to win, obviously, like, otherwise this deck doesn't function. The thing is, like, either champ works in most scenarios to win it, uh, if you have the, the blade dances to support it, but yeah, that was my first loss. And I think, yeah, my next one was basically not, like, getting the attack token on two in the mirror, so I just lost the game, unfortunately, before the mulligan, which happens sometimes. I got kind of close, I swung in with a, I think, 14 attack duo in my last turn with a Aurelia champ spell. But I wasn't that one damage off in the end and didn't make it. And apart from that, I think I won every series 2-0, except for one match in the first round where I lost with uh, Pirates into Foundry, because I misplayed not dragging a, a frozen GP in for the Brothers Bond uh, lethal, basically. So yeah, I think overall, there's not much losses for you to, to take comfort in. <laughs> uh, those were the only two on Azerelian total. Uh, I think the deck is just ins was insanely broken. I don't know how good it is now. They got the recall, right? Like the one that Blade dances as well. Uh, I'm not quite motivated to play the deck myself right now because there's a lot more cool stuff to test. But yeah, we'll see how 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 it performs and how it sticks in the meta tier list. Uh, yeah, speaking about the format, we mentioned it in the beginning, and in the final, it was actually a best of five, and you needed to bring an additional deck, and your, your choice, we're not going to feature it, just mention it, was actually Nightfall Agro. Why? Yeah, yeah, uh, so when I talked to Tilted, he we were first on Chiri and Burn, like PNZ, SI, uh, just full on Chirians, Burn, Mystic, Get Excited, all that. And then uh, I played a few games against the boys, and I went 2-10, and 10, I think, against Azuralia. So uh, I was like, okay, I need something else. And because the submit was one hour from then, uh, I was like, okay, I need another aggro deck. And I was like, okay, maybe it's just Nasus. And I already locked in Nasus, and I realized, damn it, this is my third Shurima deck, this doesn't work. And I was like, okay, maybe discard, and that didn't work either. So in the end, you don't have a lot of options if you like to, to find a deck that's congruent with the game plan of the other decks. And in the end, I did not get there either, like a cute Nightfall as my last deck, uh, which is quite different from the other aggro decks, right? Like it loses the matchups the other ones are losing, which are uh, Azerolia and Overwhelm. I think it's like even maybe slightly unfavored. So that's like the, the thing where it did okay, and I would feel comfortable bringing it because I played a lot of Nightfall. I think the last time we talked, I also brought Nightfall, uh, a different version though with, with gifts from Beyond and stuff like that. Um, so Nightfall is still my favorite aggro decks of all times. So I did feel comfortable playing into those slightly unfavorite matchups, uh, which are Aurelia and Overwhelm. But the big downside of the deck is that it loses super favorite matchups for the other decks, which is uh, basically Ash Nox and other uh, freeze decks in general. Like I think Foundry is not great either. It's winnable, but like you can very easily lose it. So 
Yeah, I played a lot of Ashnox. Uh, I was thankful I queued it as my fourth deck. And I was very thankful when I made it through Winner's Bracket, so I did not have to play the deck a single time. Uh, so yeah, I don't think it's in a great spot right now. It's a very cool deck. I love the deck. But it has very different matchup tables from the other aggro decks we know. So, yeah. I mean, maybe this is an occasion to revisit your previous interview when you won. But something really interesting from what I remember last time when I asked you what kind of player you are, you did not mention you are an aggro player, yet you are finding success with aggro yeah, decks. I oh. figured we'd get to this point in the interview. Uh, I think I have to revise my statement of being a control player. Uh, I do not enjoy control much anymore. I, I tried a bit of karma decks again. It's like cool, but I don't know. It hit, doesn't hit the same anymore. And after playing all that aggro, I think I'm, I ended up being one of them. Uh, so... Yeah, I think like if there was a really cool mid-range deck, that would be like still something I'd, I'd like. But like, I don't know. I feel like I think now it's at the point where like I, the last two tournaments I won were both with aggro. So I think I'll have to uh, basically, yeah, I'll have to admit it. So maybe maybe my time of playing mid-range and control is over, and that's the only way I can win anymore. But yeah, we'll we'll see that in the future. <laughs> I, I imagine people asking you for advice. Delton, what are you good at? Oh, I'm good at control. I love the concept. Uh, what lineup would you recommend me? Ah, triple aggro. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, to be fair, there was no real control decks we had with uh, TLC in the meta, right? Because like, com like this kind of combo deck just completely um, made it impossible to play decks like Karma or Heimer. So I think maybe if I find like a cool Heimer list or something, like I could have some fun. I did. What I think what my the deck I was most excited for for this patch with the changes was like Ezreal TF, which is like more of a tempo deck. Uh, I think those were still like my my favorite decks from back in the day, like um, Twisted Fate, Gangplank, like during Raising Tides, stuff like that. Then the versions that splash just like Flock and stuff like that. I think that's my favorite one. I yeah, I, I wouldn't say I'm like honestly much of a control player. I just in, enjoyed it in in Hearthstone and like Blue and Magic. So. I tried to carry it over in here, but I think it's very different in this kind of game, right? Because like every deck is board centered to some degree in in Runeterra, so I think the control archetype itself is like a bit different from what we're used to, where it's like not you sling all your cards from your hand in one turn. That is not a matron combo. So uh, I think those I don't know those are the decks I'd probably I'll, I'll put a lot of time into this patch, like as well TF, um, maybe some Bilgewater Noxus Pass that are not role-playing with Swain, which I don't think is still uh, good enough. I know you were you were a great uh, Swain TF player yourself. You enjoyed the deck you, is, like a lot yourself, but I don't think it's like quite there yet. I feel like it doesn't feel great to to drop like a Swain and a Leviathan. Uh, I think you're better off playing like a Gangplank right now and just get off the, like, utilize the CAC synergy. So, yeah, I mean, it was aggro last patch. Uh, both of the tourneys happened in that patch, right? So maybe this patch uh, holds something new for me. And I, I won't have to completely, uh, yeah, consider myself a control, uh, an aggro player. Yeah, I mean, even in the previous patch, you mentioned there was not real control in the meta because most of the decks needed to do completely something else until they got to play control. If we're talking about dragons or Demacia Targon overall, you just needed to play the mid-range game until the very until the very last turn when you get to play Aurelian Soul and get to feel proud and say now I am a control player, now I can play my game. <laughs> yeah, I think that, yeah, I did enjoy Aphelios a lot though. Like, I think that's where 
where I still had like a lot, like most fun in like the last six months because then like Affilios was gone and we were stuck with this meta. So Affilios was still like, I don't know, like very controllish. Uh, obviously, like all the value you get later on, like with the store shapings with Targon in general, which is like quite different now, right? With the Fangs nerfs and uh, basically Affilios only getting plus one, plus uh, no, only one health might not be good enough. So uh, yeah. Uh, I think there's still something. There's got to be something for me in the in the control aspect. So I'll try to find that. It's probably going to be a karma pile because I did enjoy my uh, karma Ezreal and karma, spooky karma in beta. So yeah, maybe it's something there. We'll see. Well, Aphilia's got buffed one HP, but yeah, they nerfed the entire archetype. <laughs> That's true. Yeah, I mean, star shaping will not matter too much, right? Like for health, mm -hmm. of course, it's it's something. Like it, it will be noticeable in like. The fact that it doesn't like completely negate a decimate anymore, so those burn or aggro matchups will get closer. But yeah, Fang's dying is, is very huge for the for the archetype. So yeah, and the and the serpent nerf, which is very significant as well, I'd say. So Zoe in general got nerfed a bit as well. But yeah, what are your expectations for this meta, or what would you like to be good? It doesn't matter what is going to be good. What do you want to be good? I mean, I'd, I'd love a Bilgewater deck at the top, like whether it's like an, a Noxus Bilgewater pile or a Bilgewater PNZ. Like either of those being tier two would uh, would be perfectly fine with me. Wanna play uh, Funsmith Burn? I can recommend it. It's pretty good. <laughs> <laughs> Funsmith Burn, yeah. We're back to Burn. I, I see. Um, but um, you control yeah, the board and aggro the face. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm an aggro player. True. But yeah, also, I'm not sure how good those predict archetypes are yet. Uh, I think like Echo himself would have been cooler if he made it like non-fleeting, or you could basically do it like Zoe, where when you strike, you can also reduce the cost of it in hand. Like, I think that would have been really cool and made him like more viable in like other archetypes as well. But uh, there, I feel like he's fairly restricted in like the whole um, Sharima PNZ uh, predicts we've seen. Maybe if there's something cool, that would be cool. And Lurk, I mean, Lurk, which is obviously like the, the, the archetype in the spotlight for this expansion, considering both champs are only playable in there. I did try Pike Overwhelms. Uh, even BB told, like Broken Ball told me to, can I get off the Copium? And if he says that, uh, you really got to be worried. So yeah, that did not quite work out. Um, so yeah, probably Lurk is going to be pretty solid, like tier two, but it feels kind of high rolly. It's like you're pause champing every single time you're attacking and hope you see the shark fin off your deck, like just, you know, swimming there. And if you don't hit it, you're just sad. So yeah, in the end, Bilgewater with either Noxus or PNZ would be like the coolest thing for me. And I'd probably spam that. Like, I think they designed Lurk specifically for labs because i've only been playing lurk lurk in labs when <laughs> when you get the support i get predict every single turn if you get that power yada yada but it, it feels like a labs deck to me not a ladder deck <laughs> yeah i mean the the variance in like uh, a high roll and the low roll is insane in that deck um it does not do anything if you miss your two first two lurks if you don't attack on one you're already sad as well because you're wasting that, basically, the nattiest is like you have your Lurkfish on one and then you have the free attack one on two, right? Where you get like both of the Lurks before turn three. Uh, so if you already only attack on two, it's kind of similar to Azralia where you, like, where you miss like a lot of the potential of the deck. And I don't quite like these kind of decks that, are, that rely on the attack token that heavily and like on basically drawing the nuts in that regard, which I think Aggro does a good job of. I think we talked about in the last interview that like Aggro is just consistent, it's not a high roll. Uh, of course, if it happens against you, it's always a high roll, but that's a different story. <laughs> so, yeah, I, I don't see Lurk quite there. I can see your point. Yeah. 
Uh, I think Runeterra, Gata, Gata's used to... You can build very consistent decks that have a shot and if you are playing high rolly decks you are not going... Or decks that rely on randomness you are not getting there much. Because Lurk mm -hmm. in the end is the true high roll deck. You either have something on top of your deck or you do not. There's no in between. Yeah, exactly. And yeah, I don't like these kind of decks. I feel like... I don't know, I want something tempo-based again, like I said it already, Bilgewater, Insane Region, it was buried like at the ground of the sea for, for a good half year now, and just seeing that Mega Rain buff is already giving me high hopes that there might be something that we have yet to discover, so... We will see. Uh, in the end, you do know that we have at least two traditions in the interviews, and first and foremost, if you got anyone that helped you practice, that helped you come up with decks or anything really, Dump it all here. It's their moment yeah. of glory. I mean, first should probably be Lobster, because I shamelessly yoinked this lineup. So uh, thanks for that. That one, big man. Uh, otherwise, I prepared with uh, Tilted, like, who also played in the tournament. Uh, Pave, uh, like the co-caster of, of Spark, which you've probably seen him with for Uniliga and stuff. Like, he, he helped us a lot because he was like, he's very invested in that whole thing and wanted Germany to win this one. So he, he helped us a lot with like spreadsheets and data and stuff like that. And apart from that, like Broken Ball, obviously, uh, being there for like practice. And Sorry, who was completely useless, but uh, is there for mental support. I guess he deserves a shout out as well. But yeah, sorry, you were completely useless this time, telling me to bring Swain TF three times, three days. So yeah, thanks for nothing, but uh, <laughs> still, you're still appreciated. <laughs> and, and yeah, Simon, actually, he's on a hiking trip right now, but I DM'd him uh, a few hours before the tourney if he thinks Nightfall is garbage. He said, like, yeah, it loses both matchups, but bring it regardless. So <laughs> I guess Simon deserves one as well. Yeah. Yeah. And with that, we are getting to the end of the interview. Where's that last tradition we mentioned? If you would have anything to tell the people as your last thought to the audience, what's that thing going to be? Uh, yeah, I mean, it's time to play the game again. Like, Azralia has gone, or hopefully gone for a bit. I haven't seen it as much. I think Lurk does a good job in having a good matchup into it as well, um, considering you can flip Pike easily and then just win off the game of it. So, yeah, get creative. Like, try a few decks here. This expansion seems pretty good with that many nerfs and buffs. So, yeah, apart from that, yeah, see you the next tournament, I guess. See you the next tournament. The next tournament you're going to play because you are on these weird breaks. Yeah, I, I'm not sure what, what else I'm going to play. It might just be seasonal, it might be something cool that's in between, but as you know, with Crossheart being removed, like the tournament scene is, is getting a bit more mm. um, cut down for us. I'm playing this uh, a team tournament with Sorry and Broken Ball. That's like a league happening, like just one game a week or something when we want, and that's going in for one and a half months. We're just doing it for fun to get an idea of like the tournament meta for seasonal, for etc. But yeah, I, I don't expect many huge tournaments to pop pop out so it might just be seasonal for me actually reminded me that i am casting that <laughs> oh so you're gonna see me there for sure yeah definitely. yeah yeah i mean it's not a huge tournament right but i think it's pretty cool to bring like teams together we're playing it mostly for that just like getting our crazy brews out there like sorry and broken ball both like crazy players right sorry bringing uh swain tf to fight night and broken ball just uh bringing complete piles and calling them nasty like i think uh it's gonna be a lot of fun so yeah 
Like, it's nice because the EU tournament scene is pretty much non-existent. We we just relied on going over NA, NA and winning their prizes, basically. <laughs> yeah, that's how it was. And now we have, like, Amazon sponsoring our uni league, which is nice. Like, I'm actually, I'm going to play that this month. I totally forgot. We have the, the finals for this, uh, which is, like, I think a top eight, which, we, which I qualified for. So I'm playing this. And, yeah, I mean, I feel like the only huge eu tournaments we have other amazon sponsored ones so yeah that's gonna be hard to get into as well but yeah I mean, we'll see we know the rule whenever you're playing a tournament you're winning it so yeah i i won't doubt you you won't win that one as well yeah i hope so we'll see we'll see we will see until the next interview probably and hopefully the next interview with you but until then thank you guys for watching and see you next time <laughs>